Hi everyone, I'm Audio Nerd 64 And hello, it's Ping Nakuma. And we are your gamer friends. Woohoo! This week on Logging On, we have a long list, bear with me. God of War, Radical Heights, Monster Hunter, City Skylines, Destiny 2, hey. Nintendo Labo, <laughs> and Anthem. Uh, I'm so mad that you're like, and Anthem. These past... I'm very excited for Anthem. <laughs> These past two weeks in Nerdum, we've got a spoiler review of Spoiler Ready alert. Player One. Spoiler alert for sure. Infinity War hype uh, and a special announcement. And then we're going to discuss some drama around Universal FanCon. Oof, those tweets. Mm. Mm. And in the home screen, we're talking Mario Kart, Breath of the Wild, the Emulation Station, and our good friend Tim, The Division. That Tim dude making another appearance on another the podcast. Appearance. Just not actually. Actually not. here. Yeah. All right. Let's so, jump right in. Let's, let's just log right on. Let's log on. So, Bloop. perhaps. That's the log on sound. Oh, okay. That's my log on sound. I got it. So, perhaps what is being heralded as the best new game ever, which is only something that we've experienced once since last year, uh, is God of War. Yeah. Um, the reviews are very shiny. They're incredibly shiny. And I just want to say, this is not me being a hater. It's just interesting to me. It seems like every year we have one of these games that's like, it's not just the best game that's come out this year. It's the best game in a generation. But, like, we heard that last year with I Breath feel like of the it's Wild. a very, like, not hot take culture, but, like, everything's iconic now. And God of War has, like, such a long history, which I painstakingly learned the other day. Yeah. It's a very long video. It was a good video. Who, whose video was that? I don't know whose video it was. We'll put it in the show notes. But um, I've been brushing up because I got to say, I was never allowed to play God of War. Wow, when I wonder I was if younger. it was because it was so fucking violent. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty violent. Uh, my mom got hip to that one really quick. Uh, and as an adult, I just never went back to it because by that time I had kind of migrated over to Xbox. Never really had a a PS3 to use to explore the newer games. So I'm a little removed, I got to say. But moving past the slight hateration (laughs) of all of these glowing reviews, they look really earned, I got to say. Yeah, no, it looks great. Um, I guess at some point, someone's going to have to play it. And it's probably just going to be me, because I have the PlayStation. (laughs) You don't have a PlayStation. Or I'll just... Kidnap your PlayStation um, and get the game for myself. I don't know about all that. Either way, Either I way. definitely plan on playing this game. Um, it it really does look incredible. Uh, the visuals on stunning on everything I've seen from it. It looks like it's a whole movie that you're just playing through. Oh, I don't have a pro. I just have a regular PlayStation Four. Apparently, it looks really good on just the PlayStation as well. Oh. But that's true. We we need to upgrade you. Is that a is that a Beachella reference? Because I, I did the dance. I did the little you dance. did start to dance. I did start and, the, and I, I was like, and I inhaled. This a is bit. not in our <laughs> usual subject matter. But also, no video cameras, so mm-hmm. it's not really going to translate well to audio when no. you start shimmying, but silently. Just know that I shimmied. Listeners, dear listeners. <laughs> there was a shimmy. Um, 
But yeah, I, I would definitely encourage you to check it out. There's no way you've avoided the hype so far, but um, the hype does seem to be warranted. Mm. I, I'm very interested to engage with the combat system. They said that there's a certain amount of grinding that is optional that you can do, but you don't have to do. Mm. And they changed the weapon system, so it's a little bit more RPG-like. Really, really excited to see what all these new changes are because if it's going to change the face of the industry and how games are made moving forward, I certainly want to have a heads up. And... You know, see see where we're see going. where we're heading. And you know what? When I play, we'll definitely do a long form episode, and we'll we'll discuss it. And I will eat crow if I if I need to. You you are being a little shady. I'm not. I I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I just also feel like we heard the exact same thing about Breath of the Wild, and I did finally play a little bit of that. Well, that's right. Yeah. So we'll later, talk about it later in the episode. <laughs> All right. So next up, Monster Hunter has a new addition to its siege game mode, a giant-ass dragon mm. that takes, or can take, up to 16 people to take I it down. I feel like it does take that many people. Uh, I wasn't sure when I was reading about it. It was like, well, what you have to do is you like have to do the tracking in teams of four. Uh-huh. You have to, like, all sign under the, not sign, like, sign in together under, right. like, the same group. And then you break off into teams of four. And you run off. Do what you got to do, you know, as far as, like, the searching and the tracking and blah, blah, blah. And then I guess you all come together in a giant Infinity War-like manner to fight hmm. this giant-ass dragon. And is it up to 16 players? I don't know if you, like, need 16 players. All I know is that I don't even have 16 friends <laughs> on Xbox, <laughs> let alone no 16 people who play Monster Hunter. So this might be a challenge. I might have to, like, make new gamer friends. Bones of Feet, our clan, uh, has made a, a promise, perhaps? Uh, Light promise. <laughs> for all of us to get into it at least enough to find a, a, a larger group to do this dragon with. Oh, um, but that's the thing we have to find out quickly, because this is not a forever game mode. Oh. It's around, they didn't say how long it's going to be, but they did say it's going to be limited. Oh, so I got to start playing soon. You got to start playing like tomorrow. Oh. You need to get on my level, which will be very easy because (laughs) I didn't get very far. (laughs) Oh, God. You keep dragging yourself. I know. I know. It's just one of those days. What do we got next? Uh, Next, I guess we can talk about Destiny 2. Um, You know, I am cautiously optimistic about this uh they officially released a date for the next uh expansion the next dlc uh which is warmind i gotta say a small pet peeve every single destiny dlc from the beginning just added to the list has (laughs) has had three words as a part of it as a part of the name and this one is just (laughs) warmind so there are no cute like ttk for the taken king or uh TDB for the dark below or whatever. It's There's just, just nothing like that. We just have to w. say Warmind or just W, which is going to be confusing. So, you know, I I am cautiously optimistic, not just because uh, that we're going to get a full in-depth uh, preview this coming Tuesday on Twitch. Ooh, I'll be sure to watch that. What time is it happening? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
What but yeah, I, I I will figure out when it's uh, gonna be, and maybe we can live tweet it on the account. Mm. Okay, content. Um, so we'll figure that out. But anyway, another one of the reasons why I'm excited about it, though, cautiously, <laughs> is that cautiously. Um, a few weeks ago we heard news that a bunch of the Destiny streamers, even some of the ones who have very publicly kind of distanced themselves from Bungie, mm-hmm. like uh, King Gathalion, for instance, who was probably at the time one of the biggest Destiny streamers, if not the biggest Destiny streamer, mm-hmm. um, he removed all traces of Destiny and Bungie from his channel. It used to be a very prominent part of his branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got rid of all of that. And now a lot of it is like pirate stuff because he does a lot of Sea of Thieves. Um, but that's beside the point. He and a bunch of other... I just... One minute. I could not imagine leaving Destiny for Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I, you know, but I watched the stream and he's like really into it and I yeah, still don't get it. Maybe it's spoiler alert for the home screen except not really cuz I didn't play enough to really warrant us talking about it in the home screen. I did play a little bit more last night and it was definitely more fun than some of the previous times, but only because the only thing we were doing was going around and sinking other people's ships. That does sound like fun. Yeah, more fun than that boring collecting bullshit. I don't understand how that is even something anyone wants to do. Anyway, regardless. (laughs) Sorry for the tangent. (laughs) What a tangent. Um, A bunch of these big streamers got flown out to uh, Washington and had a sit down and a really long discussion with the developers. Some people are saying up to like seven to 10 hours of FaceTime with all of the Bungie people and really uh, talking about what the roadmap was beyond what they've announced to us. These folks are all under uh, embargo, under NDAs until like June. So we're not going to know really until June what's coming in, I assume, September for a big, like, part two uh, expansion. Hmm. You know, I (sighs) am a little annoyed by this and a little annoyed, too, with, like, all the new stuff they'd be doing. Like, you were, like, the 6v6 Iron Banner Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it just feels, like, six months too late. Yeah, because it is. Because now it just like looks like they're in crisis mode. They're like, oh shit, no one's playing our games. No one's streaming the game. Which isn't not accurate. No, it's completely <laughs> screwed over on Twitch. Uh, Triple Wreck, one of the biggest PvP Destiny streamers, mm-hmm. went back for Iron Banner 6v6 for a few hours the other day. Um, You know, I'm I'm not, like, following him in that kind of way, so I'm not sure exactly how much time he spent. But when I checked in, not long after I saw him on Destiny, he was already moved on to God of War. So uh, this is obviously not something that's keeping people around in the way that they're hoping to. So super curious about what happened at this meeting, but by all accounts, all the streamers came away feeling fairly... Um, encouraged. Uh, well, that's it was good, all cause... cautious optimism right. from them. No one's, you know, saying, "Okay, don't worry, everyone. The game is going to be fixed." Um, but I don't know what the nature of the meeting was, so we don't know if that was even the goal. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll find see. out with Warmind coming next month. 
I don't think we'll find out with Warmind. I think we're going to find out in September. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, it's not close enough. Yeah, we're just going to have to figure out if Warmind will be enough to warrant me coming back for more than like a week. Because once I beat that storyline, if there's not a satisfying thing to do. There's something I am excited about in the world of deep cooperative games. Cautiously? Cautiously, but now a little less cautiously. I, mm. I feel some good things on the horizon. Okay. For EA's, I know, mm. Anthem. Shouldn't you really say Bioware's Anthem just so that we don't lose 10 listeners right away? I know. I feel like I should, but like I feel like once EA buys something, they're like, it's ours. But fine, yes. Bioware's Anthem. So Bioware's manager, general manager, Casey Hudson, put out a blog post that basically was like, hey, we hear y'all. Sorry Andromeda was kind of ass. We're going to refocus on telling a good story and really work on that for Anthem. I'm going to just read eh, a good part of this. When I returned to Bioware last summer, Mass Effect Andromeda... I just need a moment because... You know, I still haven't finished that game. Why would you? Good point. They didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, they did not. Um, had just been released and there was a significant movement among players asking for a story DLC that would answer questions surrounding the fate of the Quarians. I didn't even know the Quarians had shit going on in the game. That's how far I got. Mm. It's not very far. Uh, as you know, we were not able to deliver a story DLC for Andromeda. This was as frustrating for us as it was for players. And it is something we knew we had to solve in future games. So then he goes on. He's like, this was a defining moment, blah, blah, blah. And ends it with... It's in that spirit that we are working through production on Anthem, a game designed to create a whole new world of story and character that you can experience with friends in an ongoing blah, blah, blah. It will be unlike anything you've played, but if we do it right, it will feel very distinctly Bioware. Um, Mm. That's a big promise. I feel like, again, we're trying to create the game of 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 the generation. And honestly, no one's asking for that. Bioware, just make a game with a full story that i want to get through it's kind of amazing to me that they're under heat already (laughs) and the game hasn't even come out we have no story details so the idea that someone needs to apologize and tell everyone that they're refocusing on the story for a game that hasn't even come out yet seems a little wild to me i'm actually not entirely surprised because if you think about it andromeda was like really hated and I think a lot of this preemptive stuff, too, is happening because of what has been happening with Destiny, what happened with Star Wars Battlefront. I feel like a lot of developers are like, oh, wait, they like don't say anything until it's way after the fact. And I feel like Bioware is trying to like skirt that a little bit. Just like, hey, we know we kind of fucked up and we're trying not to do that for the next one. So like. Stick around. We're going to make this really awesome game. I get it in the context of Bioware and Andromeda because I feel like they do have something to apologize for. They quite literally abandoned that game and it was, (laughs) you know, not fitting for a sequel to a groundbreaking franchise. Um, Arguably the franchise of of my generation. No, I'm kidding. I really like that game, though. I, like, love the trilogy so much. Yeah. And was really, really fucking excited for Andromeda. Yeah. And 
was so monumentously disappointed, which I think I've expressed already on this podcast. So just the, I'm just repeating it just so everyone knows how disappointed I was with that game. Well, they're really trying to make sure you're not disappointed with this one. Disappointed. Um, even though we know nothing. I just... I just <laughs> <laughs> they're like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're like, details? Yeah. They don't even have a release date yet. Well, there was a tweet that said that I think we can expect more information from EA's own uh, E3, E3 EA player, whatever it's called. Um, I only even know that remotely because uh, Sims 4 stuff is expected to be announced there. Ugh. So, uh, of course. You know, Anthem, you know, it was really a byproduct of my real Sim. obsession hmm. with the Sims. Well, unlike you, I'll be keeping a close eye on this. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see when the release date is and waiting a month after it comes out before I buy it. That's that's fair. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, all right, where's pre-orders? And... Yep, you are. <sighs> I didn't pre... Did I pre-order a drama? I think I did. Well, now that I'm sad, what's next? So speaking of uh, my computer game situation, mm-hmm. one of the great games, I will say, mm. City Skylines. Would you uh, call it a game... Of the generation. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to stop doing that joke, I promise. Last Here's one. the thing. City Skylines <laughs> did revolutionize city building because SimCity 2013 was such a disaster. Uh, city Skylines came out the same year and just, you know, took over. Mm-hmm. Everyone who's playing city building stuff still is either playing old school SimCity 4 or City Skylines. And now we're kind of going to have a little bit of a hybrid. So the new expansion pack that they've announced called Park Life allows you to essentially create theme parks, but also national parks and big city parks uh, right inside the game in a way that you could previously only really do with mods. Uh, Without getting too into the weeds for folks who don't play city builders, um, you can't just create anything you would like because the game engines still have some of the old school limitations like they do in SimCity. So there's still no like mixed use buildings. You can't have residential apartments over top of a storefront Mm -hmm. yet, um, at least, you know, in terms of what the base game offers. And one other rub that people have when they're trying to build like, say, a European city uh, is a carless street. You can't build buildings onto pedestrian paths. Well, that functionality is coming along with this expansion pack. And so it's going to be a lot bigger than just creating national parks or creating, you know, buildings within a national park type system or buildings within a theme park um, area. You're actually going to be able to do that just anywhere in your city. And so I'm really excited for that because uh, part of the reason why I haven't finished what I'm currently working on the country of Nakuma is that I actually do want to have a big, huge, like national forest in the middle of my country. I am. I, I judge you for. I mean, I know it's your fine. Gamer that you judge me. Is, it's whatever. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, you can continue your read. That's fine. I was saying. I know that your gamer tag is after a person. Yes. Is your your city after your person or just after your gamer tag? 
No, it's completely after the person. I was making sure. No, no, no. Because I do the neighborhoods based on, like, black revolutionary people. So, like, if I have a hilly area, I always name it the Ida B. Hills. Right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm excited for the Park Life expansion. And when it comes out, I'll be sure to report back on the home screen. Next up, Nintendo's Labo finally came out. Looks like a lot of fun. I wish I could play one. Why can't we be famous enough for people to just send us games? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> uh, probably not. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't quite understand it still. Um, I get that you can just build cool cardboard stuff that's like powered by the uh, Nintendo Switch paddle controllers. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I don't quite understand the utility i'm just a lego person i guess Mm. not even connects not even like the the powered up stuff no no no. just regular legos regular step on them yes you will curse everyone out within a 50 mile radius correct legos absolutely how very analog of you uh sure i guess Mm. but if you are into cardboard construction I guess you got to go get some Labo. Looks like fun. It does look like fun. I want to see like a trade show. I just like, yeah. Why don't they do that for video games more? They like, do. I need more of them though. Hmm. Like I can't justify buying one of those things. Maybe there would have been one at FanCon. <clears throat> wow. Lastly, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, Radical Heights launched and it is... A really weird little game. Um, It occupies a very odd space as well, just if you know a little bit of the history behind the development team. So the developer is a former Epic developer and helped create the Unreal Engine. And so is super familiar with the engine and what it can do. um, And is from the team that... If you know your gaming IPs, you know that Fortnite is made by Epic. Right. And, and also, also the creators of Unreal. Unreal. I yeah. knew that. Exactly. I knew that. You know what also runs on Unreal? Sea of Thieves. PUBG. And PUBG. Well, I'm and PUBG, specifically right? talking about Battle Royale games. So. Oh, I missed the memo. Fuck. <laughs> right. So I maybe I buried the lead. Radical Heights is a new battle royale game. Yeah, you buried that like a motherfucker. <laughs> Radical Heights is a new battle royale game that splits the difference between PUBG and Fortnite. So it is cartoonish graphics. Mm-hmm. However, you are still using real guns. There's no construction. And oh, good. it's a it's like a very out there theme. They present it as if you're a contestant on a game show, not so like you know, Hunger Games ish. I guess a little more on the nose about it than either PUBG or Fortnite is. Like a Black Mirror episode. I guess kind of. I haven't seen enough of it. And as we all know, I'm a console scrub, so I can't play it myself. But I haven't seen enough of it to know if you're putting a ton of hours into it, if they kind of treat it like that. I've just seen, you know, I would say about an hour's worth of gameplay. And 
as far as I can tell, it's that's just what the theme of it is. PUBG mm-hmm. has no theme. Fortnite has no theme. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you're in the arena for Radical Heights, and it's some kind of game show situation. Uh, but a really interesting thing that it does, kind of like what Hunt does, is that you can bank your stuff. So if you maybe know you're not going to win or whatever, and you don't want to leave everything out there <laughs> when mm. you die, so you can actually bank your uh, currency in Radical Heights. Mm. So the way that a lot of the special stuff works is that you have to go to a vending machine that's going to have a specific type of gun. And Mm. if you can afford it, you can afford it. And there's also ATMs around. So let's say you just get really lucky and get a ton of cash, but you still don't think you're going to win the game for whatever reason. Or even if you do feel like you're going to win the game, you just want to be safe. Uh, you can go to the ATM and put your cash away and use it again in the next match. So it's it's actually building on itself. It's not a complete one-and-done experience like Fortnite and PUBG. So I have a question. When you are like, nah, I'm going to just take my shit and go, do you like, how do you do that? Do you just exit the match? Well... No, you still have to die. It's it's not like you just you get to, you just get to leave, uh, which is how it is in some other battle royale games. Like you can literally just leave. <laughs> I feel like that's that's an odd dynamic because what I like about PUBG is that you are literally starting with nothing every single time, and I feel like you could just hop out with all your shit and just keep doing that a bunch of times until you're like hopping back in. You're like, oh, it's over for you. Yeah, I I definitely understand that appeal as well. Um, It it will be interesting to see if this kind of in-game economy creates problems for players that are really committed to it versus players that are just hopping in and out, you know, having having some fun with it on occasion. Um, The one thing that I think will be difficult for both of those groups, though, is the fact that the game is really unfinished. a lot Wait, is of it out? Buildings. It's out already. Well, it's it's Beta. early access. It's it's what all of the new games are doing. It's just basically in perpetual beta. And then once they get to a 1.0 release, then they just continue to update it. Uh, uh, you're you're just kind of paying a lower price for the privilege of playing now versus having to wait a year and paying maybe a higher price. But you get a full ass game. Yeah. Um, there are no textures on a lot of the Ooh, walls. No. At least PUBG had textures. God. Well, you know, people are bringing these things to market earlier and earlier. The the sooner you can get your hands on something, they want to, as soon as it's playable, <laughs> they mm. want to get it in your hands and start making money. It, it it might even be part of their business strategy. They might that not have sense. the funding to, to keep make going. the whole game. So they need to open it up in order to uh, keep themselves afloat. Mm. Um, I personally don't think even if I were to get a gaming PC up and running by the end of the year that um, I would pick this up because like you, I'm kind of not into that level of unfinishedness. Um, You know, like you said, at least PUBG is playable. (laughs) Um, PUBG feels like a full game experience. Yeah. I think it'll be a great middle ground for folks that think that maybe Fortnite is too cartoonish, but mm-hmm. PUBG is too realistic. It really strikes a balance between the two. Word. But we'll see. Good luck to Radical Heights. It, it does seem to be doing at least okay for now, uh, considering some of the drama around PUBG and Fortnite right now. So we'll see how it does. 
All right, so let's move on to these past two weeks in spoilery nerddom. Because we spoilery. have some spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Okay. There was a movie. There was. That came out. Ready Player One. A while ago. We were a little late to this one. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, the theater was empty. Then the again, we did go to like always a, empty. Uh, well, yeah. Also, we went to the matinee. That's true. We did go to a matinee like adults. I feel like that's a senior citizen thing to do is to go to a matinee. Mm, it's also the cheap thing to do. It is also a cheap thing to do. Anyway, we are going to discuss it in depth right now with spoilers. So skip ahead to the timestamp in the show notes if you do not want to be spoiled for Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Um, It was terrible. <laughs> You're kidding, right? <laughs> um, I'm not kidding. It was, it was great in... Some very nostalgic uh, fanboy childhood kind of ways, but it was terrible in most other ways in an incredibly predictable premise, even for those of us who didn't read the book. Fair enough. Um, I do want to put this out there. I was actually talking about this with someone yesterday. Hold on, everyone. The Ready Player One Defender is logging on. (laughs) Um, No, we already logged on, Nick. (laughs) Um, so I was at the Reed's live show yesterday hmm. and ended up sitting across the table from a, a fellow nerd. We started talking about movies oh. very quickly. And he was like, well, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like reviewing this movie as like it's supposed to be an adult film with like a th- adult level complexities and themes and things like that. And he's like, well, it's Spielberg. And it's like almost... Uh, like an E.T. film. Like, it's primarily, maybe not primarily, but it's more aimed towards kids. So, like, maybe we don't have to, like, not judge it or, like, be as critical of it, but also just keep it in the back of our minds that, like, oh, this is more for, like, a kid than it is for me. Um, okay. If we go along with that line of reasoning, why are all the nostalgic moments not just current pop culture moments? That movie was made for people from our generation, and we are adults. That is true. No one under the age of 20 is going to, like, know what the Iron Giant is unless their parent was really into it and showed them the movie. It was a great movie. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want to be reductionist. Of course people are, you know, going to find things that aren't from their era to enjoy, and I'm not saying that, like, we have ownership over all the stuff that happened in our childhood. We don't, but but also, I don't want to see any kids in the theater when I go to see Incredibles 2. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The, The Iron Giant, though, in particular, like, that was a huge movie from my childhood, and I just don't feel like even my brothers and sisters, who are about 10 years younger than me, mm-hmm. uh, to start, I, I just don't feel like they're in tune with the Iron Giant. That's true. I mean, I feel like the or references. Gundam. Yeah, yeah. The references and like the whole 80s thing yeah. definitely is like, you know, a nod towards it was older generation. 80s, early 90s nostalgia. Right. But if you just distill just the story from it, you have. All these people in, like, this video game world, and they get to blah, blah, blah. And so, like, even if you're a kid watching it now, I think it would... The most important part of the film you still kind of get. 
Yeah, you certainly don't need to understand all the references uh, to appreciate the movie. And there are modern references in there. There's a few Overwatch characters um, that I saw. Um, there, the Halo one. Yeah, there was a squad of Halo uh, Spartans oh, in one of the final battles. That was funny. I don't think of what else. It was just there was a lot of Easter. There were so many of them that it's hard to think about (laughs) which ones. It's more about who wasn't really involved, (laughs) right? In in some way, and again, these are not necessarily speaking characters. Like, don't go in thinking that you know the Spartans from Halo are going to have lines or something like. They are pure set dressing to this fantastical battle that's going on. Mm. Um, But the premise. Let's let's back up the premise of what the the world represents i think is really cool um mm. not the real world the game world the oasis i think that would be a very cool and in in my perspective achievable type of game yeah it's like an upgraded version of second life <laughs> it's exactly what that is <laughs> it really is don't we have that in vr now Second Life in VR? I think there's like a specific game, or not game, but our program, I guess. I don't know hmm. if they would call it a game. Um, I was like a VR never version. a Second Life person. That was a little too much for me. Yeah, I never got into it either. I think it was... Uh, I, I was too young for it. Yeah, it, 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 it did kind of seem like adult Sims. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I never... I, I always heard some some interesting things about what was going on in the world of... Uh, Second Life. But regardless, you know, I I think that aspect of it is beautiful. And, you know, to bring in the theme of our show about the gaming community, you know, these are main characters who, uh, up to a certain point in the film, don't meet each other. They have entirely digital relationships. But that doesn't mean they don't care about each other any less. And that part of it is like, you know, all kumbaya nice. That's great. Very cute. I think how they interacted was like how gamers do interact IRL. Yeah. You know. I definitely feel like the the way I interact with my regular gaming friends is a very similar vibe. Right. Um, I want to get into I think what I think is uh one of the more interesting conversations we had about the movies, sort of this idea of building identity around pop culture and sort of how the movie handled that. Um, and that sort of relates to people IRL. Yeah. Uh, you have some interesting thoughts. I just want to parse that out a little bit. So this is something that keeps coming up, um, both in the show and then also just in, um, a lot of my IRL conversations about gaming. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like it's a little difficult to explain without putting the world into context a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, this is a world where the majority of the population is escaping into this virtual reality universe called the Oasis because their real lives are so terrible. The whole world has a, has descended into a late capitalist nightmare. Um, there it is, and it is, <laughs> and it is only because of the lack of opportunity and the lack of mobility in the real world that all these people are spending so much time in this fake world. Right. And I find 
some of that to be really disturbing because, as we see in the film, the main character has no problem corralling uh, really the universe to his side mm-hmm. um, in this epic battle against an evil corporation that is trying to take over the oasis. Right. He has no problem doing that digitally. But there is a shot in the movie not long after the main battle where in the real world there are a bunch of people who come to his physical defense and as soon as a gun gets pulled, they all scattered. And it really, to me, hit home the idea that uh, we have to be building a different identity that Mm. encourages actual camaraderie about things that matter the most. Mm-hmm. Of course, this movie is about this game and it has a very specific plot and it is certainly not an anti-capitalist uh, film, even right. though it uses uh, an evil, out-of-control capitalist in charge of a you know shadowy organization as its main antagonist. Right. What it does do is show the power of how collective identity can change things or challenge even the status quo, Mm -hmm. which is what the whole big battle is about. Right. It just struck me as odd that it couldn't translate into the real world. They live in this hellscape, but no one has the thought (laughs) to use that real motivation as a unifier to, you know, create a better system in the first place so they don't have to escape into this game. Again, not the point of the movie, but that's really what I thought of the most. Um, I don't know. I think it... I wouldn't say it's not not a part of the movie. Uh, it's a double negative, maybe. So thinking about that and then connecting it to our real-world situation, it is a little concerning to me that you know, you can create a whole identity for yourself around the types of games that you play and the type of media that you consume as opposed to relating to another fellow human being, whether it be because of your, you know, class or your race or your gender, what have you, and organizing for, you know, a better life actually when it matters. Mm -hmm. We don't have a problem organizing to make sure that there's representation in video games or or that... Movies or, well, you know. Yeah, you know, we understand that Scarlett Johansson is not actually Asian. And it's something that we she? don't... No, she certainly doesn't. And we have to organize to remind her that she is not, in fact, Asian. And she needs to stop with all that stuff. But it just seems harder to corral people around maybe the bigger idea that Disney owns a huge part of the globe and perhaps it's not actually all that amazing that we're about to give them another several billion dollar gift because of the Avengers movie. Yeah. Even though that's not going to stop me from seeing it 10 times. No. I don't know. I I do think, because I was saying too that like when he can like virtually get everyone together to fight this thing, it's like a lower stakes mm-hmm. kind of a battle because no one is like going to die or like they lose all of their coins or whatever. Um, but you know, it's not like this huge high stakes type of thing. Um, and I do, th- I'm now wondering 
you know, those like little battles that we like pick, like with something like the Scar- Scarlett Johansson um, thing and rallying behind representation, what sort of like larger world impact that it can have. Not yeah. saying that like just having, just fighting for a representation in media is going to eradicate racism, but how helpful that is at the end of the day. I think there's a case to be made for using like fandom as an identity as a positive. There's a few good examples of that. Like the internet loves to rag on Harry Potter lovers, such as myself, Mm. because sometimes we make comparisons from the real world to the book. And I I think that that maybe ruffles the feathers of some folks who either aren't fans of the series or. uh, This is real life. Why are we talking about a book? Exactly. However, there's organizations like the Harry Potter Alliance, which literally gets fans of Harry Potter together and frames a social injustice as something like the book and then Mm. rallies people to either raise money or even actually do actionable organizing things like making phone calls and knocking on doors and supporting uh, policies and helping run or participating in campaigns mm-hmm. uh, to change something. They have mm-hmm. a huge, uh, you know, trans-positive platform, for instance, and they're doing a lot of work in the LGBTQ space around trans identity. And I think all of that is really positive stuff. So I'm not against the idea of having this pop culture stuff influence your life. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's partially inevitable for that to to happen. I do think that for some people, it's all that they have. It's their whole life. And I, I do worry about that. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there. And I don't want to take up the entire episode talking about it because it's a very long, drawn-out discussion. We should definitely talk about it in a future episode, though. Yeah, I think we have some plans to to dive into that do. Uh, in a little special episode hmm. 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 a lot of big plans for this show that no one knows about but us isn't that how shows work i guess yeah anyway. i guess it is what shows how shows work. <laughs> speaking of uh consumerism and identity um infinity war <laughs> yay i want to give them all my money yeah unfortunately i am going to give them a lot of my money uh that is certainly a problem uh however I'm unabashed in my obsession with the MCU, and I cannot wait that after over 10 years, 10 years. of buildup, we are finally about to see I was so young. Thanos kill Captain America and Iron Man. Teenager. And now I'm a grown adult, and I can finally... And now I can see one of my favorite Avengers bite it. One of your favorites? Oh, you know, like one of the originals has got to go. One of your favorites. Well, yeah. Cap or Iron Man. Oh. I mean, Black Panther is obviously number one. Hmm. But I can have a number two favorite and still be sad when they die. Let's talk about how someone fixed their mouth to say that Okoye was going to die. And I did see... uh, So, for those of you who don't know, I have not even watched... Any of the recent trailers. I'm going in with just the first two trailers in imagery, as well as the posters and the character posters. I have no other info other than reading the original comic. 
However, I saw that Okoye is rumored to be squaring up with one of Thanos' goons. I don't remember which one, because like I said, I haven't seen it. And if they kill Okoye, I am going to light the theater on fire. No one will be finishing Infinity War in my theater if Okoye dies. I just want to put that out there right now. And I just want to put out there that this is an exaggeration and not it is actually not an exaggeration. what Big Nick is going to do. It is a threat. For legal reasons. Just if Okoye dies, we riot. Oof. I'm okay with that, actually. <sighs> with rioting or with Okoye dying? With writing, if a co- if okay, a okay, okay, because like okay, okay. she only had good, one movie so far. We're good. We're good. Don't do that to deny, especially since The Walking Dead is about to end. That's right. She ain't gonna have a job. Oh, no. well, she'll have a job. She's they have an announced ending. It's just terrible. It's just now. Terrible. <laughs> everyone's like, "Why are we still watching this shit?" I hopped out of like season five and was like, "I can't do it anymore. It's too." It's the only people that I still know that slow. watches it are are my parents, and I'm like. What are you doing? They watch some. Okay. Yeah, they do. Anyway, I'm ready. I am I don't so think I'm ready. ready. I feel like I need a new Avengers t-shirt to go to this movie specifically with. You only have a few more days to buy one. <laughs> um, but we did want to announce for all of our loyal listeners, we are going to have a special bonus spoiler cast of Infinity War on Infinity War weekend. It's a big promise. And I'm like, some people out here, we keep our promises here at Gamer Friends. That's very true. And so uh, you'll hear all of our thoughts. It's going to be a lot of thoughts, I'm sure. Maybe some crying. Oh, there will definitely, I will definitely be crying. I'll have the Kleenex ready. I'll have a jug of water here to pour one out for whoever bites it. Mm. <sighs> but Spidey needs a mentor still. Like, he's not ready. And I don't think Thanos is going to make him ready. Thanos is just going to knock the shit out of him. He's going to be like, wow, I was not ready for this. <laughs> it can't be Cap. I mean, it can't be Iron Man. It might be Cap. It's definitely going to be both of them. They're definitely both going to die. No! Only one major death I can't have to. I actually have no idea. I, I have no expectations. I'm just incredibly excited, and I will be bringing my matches. I think it'll be Vision. Because, I mean, they got to take the thing out of his head. Isn't that what powers him or some shit? I hope it's Vision. Well, listen, listen. (laughs) You're like, well. (laughs) (laughs) We should get into this in the spoiler cast, but let me just say that the Vision and Black Widow's little weird thing that they have going on You mean Scarlet Witch? I literally had Scarlet Witch in my head while I said that. That's because they're almost now indistinguishable from each other on the posters, but whatever. Do you think that's why they made her change her hair? (laughs) they look the same yeah they do yeah the whole vision and scarlet witch situation is just weird and gross to me but i I mean it was in the comics i don't like it well oh well and lastly for these two past weeks in nerddom universal fan con rough news for black nerds yeah very rough news so universal fan con was an independent convention Fan-focused convention that was supposed mm-hmm. to be next weekend in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, two years in the making. They were collecting all these funds, this, that, and the third. And they just up and canceled it this week. Oh, no. They wouldn't say canceled. Right. They said postponed until indefinitely further. Indefinitely postponed. Indefinitely postponed, <laughs> which is a nice way to say it that is just canceled. canceled. 
why does this keep happening with these fan-run cons? I just think a lot of... Con being a very interesting word. Well, they... A lot of people did get conned on this one, I guess. Uh, well, well I, won't, I won't say that. I won't say it. I'll think it. I think I'll a lot of... It. like I don't know. I wouldn't... I'm not an event planner or anything like that. So, like, if... Like, even if, like, one day we decide to do, like, a live show, I'm still going to, like, I want to be able to be like, hey, let's hire someone to consult and figure out how to do this properly. Because I wouldn't know how to plan an event, let alone an entire fucking convention. Here's the thing. If you are going to plan an event like that, you know what your budget is way ahead of time because you have to be in contract with the event space and with a hotel and all these moving parts are going on. If you're not hitting budget at all of your different uh, benchmarks along the way, I don't understand how you can, in good conscience, uh, continue with the idea that you're going to have this, this whole situation being like, oh, in our latest meeting, we realized that we're not going to be able to actually do this. And so we have to cancel it at the last minute. That is really sketchy to me. Yeah. There's no way you didn't know a month or two ago that you simply don't have the funds for this. Yeah. Especially to for a hotel, like that deposit had to have been in. Like, there's no... Yeah, it it seems... It just seems really strange. And I feel really bad. There's a lot of people I know that were, uh, you know, counting on this to build their brand. They had bought tickets, uh, expensive plane tickets. They took time off work. You yeah. know, these are not... Uh, these are not the most economically rich times that we have. This is probably hitting. I a mean, lot especially of really for hard. black creators. Yeah, like we exactly, especially indie black creators. Like we typically ain't got no money, right? So, like, I don't know. I just feel like if they just would have said something a month ago, yeah. people could have canceled things. People could have got refunds for things. It's real late to to be pulling this. Uh, I did see some good news on Twitter, though. Some organization, I believe the podcast Nerds of Color was involved. Uh, oh, I did see that, Are yeah. pulling together some kind of, uh, you know, different con at a different space that's, I guess, very hastily put together. together. Um, but God good luck to them. That is, good luck to them. That is a lot of work to be doing. But it's good. I mean, you know, I obviously none of the news or none of the... Shocking revelations have come out about what has happened yet, but it is good to see that there are people here, signal boosting creators and making sure. And then, you know, the people who are putting on this replacement con um, to be able to have the time and resources to do that. So Mm -hmm. it is good to see. Very good to see indeed. Um, I think that's it for these past two weeks in Nerdum. We've got a few fun things to talk about in the home screen. Uh, spoiler alert, we are introducing a guest later on the show. Ooh. My good friend Sarah with a star. And the whole time, we're really going to be talking about the Switch. Um, and so almost all of these games are Switch games that we're going to be uh, recapping really quickly. But don't worry, we talk about a few more games and the Switch in general, pretty in-depth in the interview. So stick around for even more uh, home screen talk in Late to the Party. That's right. So starting off, uh, you played some Mario Kart. I played some Mario Kart, finally. <laughs> and I got to say, y'all... The behavior I exhibited was 
racer-like. The racer jumped out. And I owned everybody on most of the rounds of mm. Mario Kart. I didn't know that was an identity, a, a racer. Yeah, it's totally identity. I formed that identity from this thing that I'm really into. Uh-huh. And it has no no markers on like my socioeconomic status or race or anything like that. It is completely, I am a gaming racer. I see. I, I'm a staunch gaming racer. Well, I can attest to the fact that you did win a few rounds. More than a few. Most. Don't worry, we'll get some fact-checking done in the second half of the episode. Don't worry about that. Um, It was a good run. I also got my hands on it. Uh, I was not as successful. No. Um, I'm going to blame the controller. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Those controllers are not easy to use on some of these games. That's I true. gotta say. It's the it's the both ones are a little awkwardly spaced because they're kind of tiny. Yeah. But I feel like is it the left one that's more I think it's the right one that's even more tinier. It's it's than just... the left one. So I was like, please give me the left controller every time because I cannot deal. It it does seem like the type of thing where I'm gonna want to get my own controller and not use the inherent switch paddles. They are great for certain things. We talked a lot about overcooked in our interview with Sarah, and uh, that is something that I didn't mind using those paddles at all. Um, because controls were super duper simple. Yeah, and when I was playing Breath of the Wild, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, I had the whole tablet going. So it was a very different experience. When we were playing Mario Kart, everyone had one of the little paddles, and it was was difficult. (laughs) But, you know, some people can adapt to things and, you know. (sighs) Some people play Forza, so. uh, So what else can I say? Uh, It was cute, though. It was very cute. It doesn't seem like there was much of a evolution between this Mario Kart and previous Mario Karts. It doesn't seem like there needs to be, though. I think it is a winning formula that you just get people to sit on the couch, throw blue shells at each other. It's a beautiful party game. And do some trash talking. Uh, It's a lot of fun. And it it was just a great time. I'm excited to play some more soon. Although I will say, Double Dash was the best iteration of Mario Kart. I stand by that. I feel like everyone is entitled to an opinion. Thank you. I'm going to skip over the fact that that was hella shady. I don't know what that means. Um, I've been playing Breath of the Wild a little bit. You did play Breath of the Wild. Um, The best game ever. The best game ever. I completely see the potential. I did not get super far into it. Um, I will say the fact that it is a Zelda title is certainly... Um, going to be a barrier for some people. Uh, mm. I know that you've mentioned not being super into Zelda, and I I don't think this game would change your mind. But it's the best game ever. Yeah, I, I don't have anything negative to say about it. I didn't have a bad experience. It was just not blowing me away the way that some people really preached about it. But to be fair, I only got a few hours in. So mm. uh, I'm certainly not in the late game at all. Uh, there are definitely really interesting mechanics uh, our friend of the show, House Trotter, uh, 
compared it to Assassin's Creed Origins and actually pointed out to me where some of the uh, gameplay mechanics are better than Assassin's Creed Origins. For instance, the hunting mechanic is a lot more fleshed out because there's actually cooking involved and it's not just an upgrade system situation like it is Mm -hmm. in Origins. So in that sense, it seems like it is a more in-depth world. There just seem to be a lot of those instances where, yeah, other games have this aspect, but in Breath of the Wild, they really dive into it and they really flesh it out. Mm-hmm. Um, there also is just really a, a openness to it. There are not levels per se in the way that you think of a traditional video game having levels, it's more like, here's the world, go get strong, and when you're strong enough, then you can actually beat the game. Mm. How you get good is entirely up to you. Oh, I like that. That sounds, that yeah. sounds good. I, I think it's a really solid um, option for some people. For me, I like a little more structure, I gotta say. Um, mm, if I'm going to okay. grind, I, I like a little bit more of a directed grind, but I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to keep playing and see, uh, where I get with it. I don't have a switch. So the next time I get to play might be a little bit, uh, in the future, but, mm. uh, I'll report back for sure. Um, it, it definitely seems like a solid game. Uh, I do not know that it changed how I interact with the world in the way that you might've thought given some of those reviews. We're very shiny. Hence my hesitation about God of War, and that's it. Fair enough. That's that's a fair. That's fair. Um, also, while I was destroying people in Mario Kart the same weekend, also got to get our hands on an emulation station via your friend Tyler. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, you played some old school Contra. I played, yeah, which is the first time I've ever played it. I wow. did not play. I never played because I Contra was on the, SNES, which I never had. I only had. Uh, I'm not a baby. I had a Genesis. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I I understand how that sounds. Fuck you. (laughs) I had a Genesis. Whatever. So, yeah, I never played Contra. So, that was fun. We played a little bit of that. And also, I got to play the iconic Shaq Fu. Iconic. For a couple rounds. Yeah. I think it's iconic. Shaq probably thinks it's iconic. He's like, this is... One of the greatest things that's ever happened in my career. I got to be made into a video game. I want a remastered version of Shaq Fu. Shaq has a lot of really quirky pop culture stuff going on. Shaq Fu, that genie movie. Yeah. What was that called? Uh, I can't remember, but it was a great show. Shazam. Shazam. Oh, what a movie. Yeah. So uh, Shaq He's got those weird icy hot commercials, so he's a meme, That's too. That's right. He's a meme. He played basketball, I think. <laughs> right? Let's not forget <laughs> Broke a few uh, backboards. They have to shackproof him. He has a. They have a style of making backboards now, because he would just break them. Yeah, the emulator was definitely dope. Um, He set it up with a Raspberry Pi, which was made specifically to do this, uh, which is something that I knew was possible but hadn't actually seen out in the wild. Uh, So we definitely got a lot of old school Nintendo going on, as well as some new school Nintendo for that really fun uh, house weekend that we had. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, we are still playing The Division, still chugging along. Uh, the new global event, Blackout, comes out in a few days. I'm incredibly hyped for that. I need to catch up on The Division still. <laughs> I'm, like, behind it literally. It's just been a rough two weeks, and I was working a lot. Yeah. And I'm just... Always an excuse. But either way, you're not alone. That 
Tim Dude, friend of the show, first guest. Yes. Uh, finally picked it up. Hates it. <laughs> <laughs> but in exchange for the clan working on Monster Hunter, he's going to get to level 30. Um, uh, that's a cute bartering system. Like, oh, if you do this in Division, we'll do this in Monster yeah. That's cute. I like that. I created another character to like level up with him and his girlfriend, who's also playing and actually is very into it. Um, so we're, we're having some fun. And yeah. apparently you're going to join us now that you don't have to work anymore? Well, I have a less busy week coming up, so. I see. Like, tomorrow I, I can uh, I can put in some hours. Put in some hours. I'm going to be on the global event. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's really what we've been uh, playing this week, and we're going to get into a lot more of it in just a few seconds. Like, the breaks are usually around 30 seconds. Well, let's welcome our good gamer friend, Sarah, with the star, to the show. Hi, Sarah. Sarah. You hear that applause in the background? Ooh, I like that. We we have to get a, like, yeah. an applause. An applause shout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's totally legit. Amazing. I'm providing so much here already. Really, <laughs> really just adding to the production value here at Gamer Friends. It we is appreciate that. a famous podcast. It is a famous podcast, uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is why I'm so honored to be here. <laughs> We're happy to have you. We're very happy to have you, and I was incredibly happy that last weekend you and House Trotter, your husband, finally allowed Audio Nerd and I the opportunity to get our hands on a Nintendo Switch. I'm so glad that we could do that because it also gave us the opportunity to finally play with all four controllers. So how long it was a big weekend all around. (laughs) So I actually got House Trotter the Switch for his birthday uh, last month. It's been like six weeks. No, that's not true at all. It's been exactly four weeks. So I got it for his birthday because I'm a really good wife, and also I wanted it. And so <laughs> the real I got reason. it for him. Yeah. Uh, and I asked him when I got it, because I told him I'm getting you this for your birthday. Uh, I was like, what do you want with it? Like, do you want the gray one or the red and blue one? Like, the different colors of the controllers that it'll come with. And he was like, oh, the gray. And then I'm like, okay, weird, but okay. <laughs> what else do you want? Do you want a carrying case? Do you want any games? Like, how can I hook this up properly? And he was like, no, it's fine. Like, just give me the the gray, sad switch. And I was like, (laughs) okay. And then it came and he immediately upon opening it was like, this is incredible. Fucking love this thing. We're going to get other controllers. We're going to get the red and blue one because these gray ones suck. We're going to get a carrying case. We're going to buy four (laughs) games. We're going to get all this stuff. We're going to get another dock and another charger and all of these accessories. And I was like, literally, what the fuck? I would have gotten all of this for you and it would all be here right now. And now we have to wait. That sounds exactly like House Trotter, I got to (laughs) say. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I wasn't surprised. But 
all that came within like two days because shout out to Jeff Bezos. And um, <laughs> we, uh. <laughs> yeah, so we've had it for, for like a month. Very nice. Yeah, we are super late to the party on this one. Um, How long has the Switch been out as a console? I feel like it's been out for a minute. Did it? Was it out for last Christmas? Yeah. So yeah, it's been over a year. Yeah, Unveil. like the Christmas oh before God, the one we just had. It's a year old last month. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Glad it took us so long to just Google something really simple. Um, <laughs> so... Can I tell you the reason why I wanted the Switch? Yeah, Please. absolutely. You're the guest. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I didn't want it for any particular reason, except for that Chrissy Teigen has it. <laughs> so I was like, I have to have it. She has it. She likes it. Do you know what games Chrissy Teigen it. plays? Not really. We'll have to do some digging. I don't pay that close attention. I honestly might That's not even lie. be. I might not even be right that she has it. I just think she has it. Oh, I'm pretty false, sure she Sarah. does. I think she I saw a tweet about has it. it. I know that you know she has it, and I know that you know what game she plays. Just tell us. Is Animal Crossing on the Switch? She absolutely plays Animal Crossing, and yeah, I don't know why you're being coy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute, though. I've Chrissy, seen the Chrissy just... Teigen Animal Crossing tweets. I've seen them. That's beautiful. So that, so, that kind of leads us yeah. <laughs> to one of our big questions that we've been uh, thinking about. You, I don't think, identify as a gamer. Do you identify as a gamer? I do not. Why not? I do not identify as a gamer. And the reason for that is pretty much because when I think of the word gamer... I think of, like, a pimply, like, 14-year-old white boy sitting in his basement yelling at his mom to, like, bring him more Tostinos and, like... (laughs) Uh, There goes half our demographic. I'm, like, playing Call of Duty, so... The views of our guests are not the views of Gamer Friends. (laughs) Just putting it out Well... Jokes on you because I never said if that was a good or bad thing. So, oh, you know what? She got us checked. Checked. We're checked. I'm just saying that I'm a 20 something year old married female who does not particularly enjoy, um, like war games with some exceptions that have no rhyme or reason to them. So, Mm, mm -hmm. interesting. I've known you to pick up a Call of Duty. Yeah, it's mostly my competitive nature and my need that, like, stems from playing sports as a child to always beat the boys at whatever is happening, so. That sounds like exactly why you picked up PUBG. This is honestly turning into a therapy session. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, at the end of the day, what are podcasts for? Yeah. So tell us, you know, tell us more about that. All relating to why I don't say, like, I'm a gamer is because I think people... And I definitely have certain perceptions about what that means. And one of them is like something that uh, comes with knowledge. Like if you're a gamer, then you have to like know things. Like if you're labeling yourself as a gamer or as like whatever, when you give yourself a label like that, you're expected to know things about it. And if I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a gamer, people would be like, oh, have you seen the latest version of this? Do you know how to turn your Xbox on? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) So (laughs) It's true. 
Which is a very yeah. interesting dichotomy. So for our audience who might not know, the most popular games right now in the current market are mobile games. And some of the most popular mobile games are not in this category of like first-person shooter, which I do think, Sarah, you're right, a lot of people associate the term gamer with. And this kind of like really intense, deep, geeky, nerdy persona, um, almost like neckbeardy, <laughs> I guess. Right. Which, you know, I'm into super nerdy, geeky aspects of video games. That's not foreign to me, but I do think that there's a stigma there. But at the same time, the majority of people playing video games are playing video games, I think, for really what the Switch is making, which is a casual, like, almost party kind of environment, if that if that makes sense. That's totally what it is. The Switch definitely is like a... I have not yet played Switch by myself. Actually, that's not true. I played Switch by myself one time, and I was like, this is awful. So (laughs) it's definitely like a social gaming device for me. Um, But like social in person, like I haven't played, I don't know, can you even play online with a Switch? Like I have played like with House Trotter here in our house and like it's a thing we do together where we're actually like speaking and interacting because we're like either collaboratively playing a game like overcooked where you like have to communicate and play together or we're playing mario kart and i'm like i'm gonna fucking kill you with this shell so (laughs) so it's like something we can do where like if we're watching tv we're like not usually talking to each other or more realistically i'm watching tv and ben is reading and like (laughs) Yeah, so we're not interacting as much. So it's really fun and social. And um, I actually do play a lot of, not a lot. I play some mobile games too. I play Threes. That's like my mindless puzzle game. I play Candy Crush because I'm super basic. I play Cooking Dash, which is like my, I'm embarrassed to admit that game. Um. And I actually play a card game, board game thing on my phone as a mobile game version um, with my 10-year-old nephew. And he gets mad when I don't play my turn fast enough, but it's Race to the Galaxy. But that's funny because I don't think of mobile games as like a gamer thing. I just feel like the term gamer has just been totally taken over by like violent video games and like this aggressive kind of culture, which I also know is not really the truth about people who do play those kinds of video games for the most part. Like there's normal, you know, people playing video games and it's funny that I don't think of like even like Mario Kart or any of these mobile games or anything like I don't associate that with people who are gamers. Yeah. I mean, that really drives with, our experience, I think, uh, in how gamers are perceived. And, you know, frankly, a lot of people, often women, uh, just don't feel comfortable adopting that moniker because of the stereotypes that are associated with it. Totally. And it gets me thinking about, like, how much you expand that definition and that label. Because, like, my mom could be a gamer 
because she plays words with friends like nobody's business. <laughs> so don't know if that is in the uh, pantheon, but. Yeah, I mean, gamer doesn't have to necessarily mean video games. I mean, isn't there like a tabletop game that you two like love the fuck out of? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sarah, what's the name of that game that we play? Sett- Settlers of Catan. Yeah, which you uh, introduced me to, right? Really? Yeah, I hadn't played before you and House Trotter taught me. You, like, bought it for my birthday. I bought the expansion for you after you had taught me how to play. This is false. Story time. We went to brunch. It was supposed to be surprise brunch, but, like, bitch, I knew what was going on. At <laughs> SoCo. Okay, and. Right, yeah. And then we were like, what do we do now? We're all like really full, like we're going to throw up and die. And so we went back to my apartment where you then were like, let's play a board game. Oh, we don't have any board games, which we play. Someone, maybe it wasn't you who suggested it, but someone was like Settlers of Catan. Maybe House Trotter suggested Settlers of Catan. And you were like, we can get it on Amazon Prime now. Delivered in like an hour. That is two I will buy it for your birthday. Amazon references in one show. You just need to send so this clip to, to Amazon and get a paycheck. Amazon is sponsoring <coughs> Amazon is sponsoring this podcast that was the that was in the memo you sent me. Uh, anyway, anyway continue. continue, please. Oh, that's all. I just wanted to clarify. So that, all of that is hundred uh, percent. You true. did indeed purchase it for me. So <laughs> all that is hundred percent true. Except we are missing one detail because you and Ben are absolutely the people that taught me how to play Catan. Wait. No. The trauma. Tim and Maria and Jay taught me how to play Settlers of Catan. Look at all these people I don't know. Yep. Did... I've ha- I've had this conversation with you the day that oh, we got Catan because God. you bought it for me. You were like, "Oh, Tim taught me how to play this game. This is such a fun game." So you just didn't own it, and I was like, "Oh, great! Here's your birthday present." That's exactly what happened. Okay. Okay. Wow, okay. what a. <laughs> and you're right that you did also buy us the expansion pack. That was like a Christmas gift, I believe. Oh, okay. So I was just conflating two things. So, okay. um, actually, I have a question. Yeah. How often do you play the Switch? So I was playing it uh, like an hour ago. <laughs> I'm sorry, we interrupted your, your your session. I was doing it as like homework for this. Oh, nice. I was like, this is really important. I have to play this right now because they're going to ask me about it. Um, this was the second time I've played it this week. So we play it like a couple times a week. The first week and a half that we had the Switch, we played like every day like we'd get home from work we would make dinner and then we would play switch and that's still what happens yeah probably like twice a week but again it's fun and it's like something we can do together where we're actually interacting and not just like oh we're both sitting in the same room reading a book or we're both sitting here like participating in different forms of media in the same room it's Mm. like we get to participate in the same media form together and like collaboratively because that's not even like even if we watch a movie together or something it's not the same sort of like collaborative experience so it's really fun it's like a great way to show your husband that he 
sucks <laughs> at Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, I'm totally just kidding because he kicks my ass at Mario Kart. But only because we're playing 150 CCs, which also I only – and this goes to like – again, I – don't call myself a gamer because I don't feel like I have the knowledge. I thought that like 50 cc's, 100 cc's, whatever. I thought that was like the length of the track. Like it was like meters. Like, oh, you're racing like the 100 meter, you know, or whatever, like in track or something. It just changes the speed. Mm-hmm. So I learned that. And 150 cc's is really fucking hard. It is hard. Um, I do recall a tournament in which you played against Audio Nerd and two other Switch noobs and had a pretty commanding lead until the second-to-last match in the tournament and things took a turn. That That is how it went. Uh, that's generally how it goes for me, I, <laughs> which is why... Not a fourth-quarter player. Why, <laughs> yeah, you know, I like to think that I'm really good and I'm very talented at Mario Kart. And then and then it all gets, you know, turned around. My luck just changes. I get hit with a shell and then I get hit with like three more shells and then I'm just in eighth place. And you can't escape eighth place. You can't. You, you really, really come can't. can't out of that hole. Uh, just in for your- the record, who won that tournament? <laughs> I don't remember him. Oh, you don't all. recall? Oh. No. <laughs> wow. No. We'll have to... I don't think he's very nice. <laughs> wow. Like, well, yeah. Sounds like a talented individual, at least. So, but, remember, uh, Sarah, how I asked you if um, someone who ate cake from the outside in was a serial killer, and you said yes? So, yeah. as Cedric talks about... Uh, this tournament and how he is really being, I think, in in, in his defense, denied his victory uh, by you in this moment. He is very oddly just putting on a singular glove. <laughs> There's a glove on the desk, <laughs> and I'm fidgety when I record or whatever. So, so it, it's quiet. It's a quiet. Creepily it's a quiet fidgety thing glove. that I can do. And I'm having flashes of OJ, and I'm just letting you know. Well, I'm I'm no, scared right now. You don't that have. You all this don't have might to worry be like a it. setup, like you don't a have like to worry about situation. It because I'm black. I'm not OJ, so you're oh, fine. Fair enough. You're fine. OJ denied his blackness, Sarah. I don't know if you know that. Honestly, thank you because I was like, I don't know how I should be reacting to this. <laughs> like, is, that a, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? It's a good thing. Um, So, Sarah, you mentioned Overcooked, and I got to say, even more than Mario Kart, that is probably the game that I had the most fun with while playing the Switch. Um, I'd love for you to explain to our audience exactly what Overcooked is. Okay. This is, like, the moment I've been waiting for. So, Overcooked is exactly what it sounds like. You're going to cook some food. The premise of the game is is ridiculous. Like the people who thought of this were high as shit. There is a evil spaghetti monster who's like, I'm a meatball and I got spaghetti arms. And he's like taking over the world. And there's like King Onion. And he's like an he's like an onion and he's wearing a cape and like a crown and he has a scepter and he's like, bah, 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 bah. he's instructing you to fucking cook as hard as you can to 
make the spaghetti monster go away because the only way he can go away is by being given food and be full and not hungry. But, like, obviously you're like, I just picked up this game. I don't know how to do this. And so then the King Onion guy is like, fuck this. We're going back in time so that you can learn how to cook so that in the future you can defeat the evil spaghetti monster, which as a premise, I have a lot of problems with time travel. So fair enough. if you're going to go back in time, if you have the ability to do that, Mr. Onion King man, why can't you just go back in time and avoid the situation with the spaghetti monster altogether? Why do you have to send me back in time to learn how to cook? It's ridiculous. But might anyway, you go back game. to like the nineties. <laughs> it might be, we should call them. I don't release this. So, <laughs> You is, go that back a, in time is that a like serious don't release this or uh, not serious don't release this? Completely serious. We have to invent this game. We have to get the rights. We have to figure this out. We're going to be rich. So I can't tell if you're being sarcastic we, or not because this isn't it. <laughs> I feel like legally. Ask, I ask, ask your co-recorder. He knows. So we like go back in time. You're in the 90s and you're like, why am I in the 90s? You get a food truck. Okay. And you're driving around like a map, which drives you to all the levels and so you like start at level one that's where you start so you learn how to cook different things i think it starts with like soup which is the dumbest shit for you to cook you like oh i'm gonna cut up three onions and put them in a pot i don't like cooking soup in the game i like cooking burgers in the game that's my favorite so much far more interesting. fish and chips is yeah much more interesting a burger you have to like chop up the meat you got to cook the meat you got to chop up the toppings you got to pay attention to what toppings are on the order that's coming up it's like you're in a real ass restaurant it's not at all but then you (laughs) so you keep learning how to like cook different foods as you go through each level you get like one two or three stars so obviously like if you're like me and house trotter you become obsessive and like have to get three stars on every level and it's great because i know someone like that It's me. <laughs> Good. It's the way to play, honestly. Like, if you're not getting three stars, are you even living? So, thank you. I agree. I just want to interject for a moment. That is a gamer mentality, right there. It is a gamer That's like mentality. Because, like, only someone who's like, "Wow, I'm gonna go back and keep doing something until I get a perfect score on it." That is. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. I'm gonna let you finish. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> You know, that's actually giving me a whole new perspective on life because I thought it was just like my obsessive perfectionist nature, like my total type A craziness that like is why I have Clonopin in my purse. But turns out I'm just a gamer, so it's fine. (laughs) It it could be both, but we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) So the greatest thing about this game, and this speaks to the reason why I like the Switch so much, um is like the collaborative nature. So you're playing this game. You can play it by yourself, but that's dumb. Sorry if you do that, but like it's dumb. So playing this game with, you can play it with up to three other friends on your Switch with your four controllers. But so House Trotter and I play this together and you're on the same screen. It's not split screen. I don't know if there's a word for that, like uni screen. Um, <laughs> and... You have to, like, talk to each other and be like, because they're all, like, puzzles that you have to figure out. It's not as simple as just, like, you have to cook this thing. The setup of the kitchen is always different in a way where, like, there's conveyor belts and you're on two different sides of the kitchen and you have to, like, put things, you know, from one side onto the conveyor belt and you have to pick it up quick enough or it's going to go in the trash or whatever. Um, You're on, like, a ship and it's rocking back and forth and so the counters keep changing position. Like, really weird stuff. Um 
there's one that's on an iceberg and like the Ugh. iceberg is in the water with the waves. So it's like tipping and you like slip and fall off the ice and it takes you five seconds to like respawn back on the ice. And it's hilarious, but also frustrating. Um, so it's really fun because you have to like talk to each other to solve the puzzle and figure out like the most streamlined and efficient way to figure out how to like, you know, get enough points to get three stars. So it's mm-hmm. really fun. Um, that's how you know when it's like time to go to bed. That's why it's great to play with your partner at night because it's like <laughs> it sets a bedtime. Like you start screaming about like, no, just fucking get back over there. Like you're not chopping the lettuce fast enough. Like it's time for bed. So that's amazing. Um, like once the Gordon Ramsay starts kicking in, you're like, okay, time for bed. <laughs> so yes, a hundred percent. I concur with everything you said. I think that was a brilliant summary of what the game is like. Um, have you gotten to burritos yet? Oh my god, no. We have oh, not gotten to burritos yet. My god. It's well, my let me tell you what this cook. guy did. He purchased the game for Xbox. <laughs> I was so obsessed with it after playing it on the Switch. I looked it up. I looked it up on YouTube to see if I could just watch people playing the game cuz you know, that's kind of how I am as does. a person. And I, when I looked it up, I saw that it was cross-platform and that they had an Xbox version. So I went to see the price, and it was 20 bucks, And I was like, okay, I'm in. And I bought it immediately. Immediately. He <laughs> and, was like, uh, no question. I saw him do it. He was like, buying it right now. <laughs> and I've been uh, playing it hardcore. It's been great. It's uh, probably uh, the game that I've put the most amount of time into this week, I think. And let's not forget That's the division amazing. exists, y'all. Yeah. The division does exist. I don't so know anything I about the I've... division except for that you're obsessed with it. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that I've gotten um wait, House Trotter plays it too. Um I guess I've gotten a little farther than you then because we at some point you go to space. <laughs> <laughs> That's so like, well, I guess I got a little I didn't mean that at all. Yeah, that was was shady. I did not mean it like that at all. We know. But but it's it's okay because clearly you're playing it by yourself. And I very confidently said that you're a loser if you play it by yourself. So (laughs) it's really hard to play by yourself. Shade is equal. If you play by yourself, you have to switch between two chefs where, and you only get two chefs. Whereas if you have two or three or four people, they're all controlling their own chefs and you can have up to four. The, the thing is the score threshold for stars gets higher um, than if you're by yourself, but I think it's ultimately still way easier to get three stars with multiple people. But um, I had a, another buddy over here playing, and so at some point there were three of us in the kitchen, uh, and at uh, we were just barreling, we were just barreling along. So uh, at some point you go into space, and they teach you how to cook burritos, and that is my favorite so far. Love they a good space you, burrito. Love a good space burrito. They yeah. have. They have you boil rice, Sarah, like it's the soup. And then there's a tortilla that you um, that you have to get out. And then you chop up either chicken or steak and, and put it in. And it's super dope. I, I think that and the pizza are my favorite things to make. So far. Oh, my God. I haven't gotten to pizza either. Oh. What are... <laughs> I have two comments. So one is like, what is the boiling temperature of water in space? And two, <laughs> I have no idea. yeah. So two, how high 
were they when they were like burritos <laughs> but in space? I definitely think that uh, the game developers are trying to create a really interesting, I'll say, universe because I've noticed at the be- at the very beginning of the game, it has a screen that says we encourage you to. Uh, share your gameplay of this game. Um, <laughs> like, please stream this yes, game. Uh, but. <laughs> and I think but. They, they wanted it to be not normal kitchens so that that kind of thing was a little bit more exciting. Okay, but however, I, again, don't fully, being honest, don't know how to do this, how Strutter does this, but like, you know how you can take video uh, clips when you're playing games and save them? Yeah. It doesn't let you do that on the Switch. Like, you try and do it, and a thing comes up that's like, that, you can't. Sorry. Which is funny, because we saw that thing at the beginning of the game, too, when you boot it up. And we were like, oh, that's, like, a funny thing to put. But, like, okay, yes, we will. And then it was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That might be a Switch thing. Anyway, yeah, Yeah. I would definitely encourage anyone uh, who's looking for a fun collaborative but also difficult game uh, to pick up Overcooked. Uh, Of course, there's Mario Kart and uh, the best-reviewed game, uh, some would say of all time, (laughs) Breath of the Wild uh, (laughs) on on Switch. So uh, we got to sample quite a few games, and we really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, you know what? I got to get one for myself, I think. Same here. Definitely before Smash. Yes. Do it. And you know what? When you talk about those games, um, made me think of something that, like, they're all very kid-friendly. Like, if you have children of any age, as long as they know how to work a video game, like, these are all great games for kids. And I think that's part of why I don't necessarily consider myself a gamer, because I think all the games I like to play are considered, like, kid games. Even though I'm sure that most people playing these games are like not actually children. Maybe they are. I don't know. It doesn't even matter, honestly. But like, I think that plays a lot into how you think about like games and whether they're like good enough to be considered like for gamers and that kind of a mentality. Does that make I, sense? Like, it, it does. I think it's very interesting too because I'm thinking of two very popular games right now Fortnite and see if these which aren't necessarily kid games but they're also not super gritty grisly violent games like either. call of duty right and like those like fortnite especially is huge like the number one game being streamed right now is the number one game i mean i don't need to give all the accolades if you've heard game <laughs> episode of game of friends we've talked about it but yeah it's like this more like not kid version but like less intense version of a shooter is immensely popular right now. And games like Battlefront, the Star Wars game, where it's still like a shooter game. It's still based on like war and violence, but by giving it the theme, like the veil of Star Wars, it suddenly makes it more palatable. Yeah. We have to, I, I might break down and buy that one now. They for the Ewoks. Yeah, for the Ewoks. They mentioned that they it's, fucked up. It's too. real good. Ugh. Oh, you've already played with the Ewoks. No, no, I'm sorry. I haven't played the newest version with the Ewoks and everything, but I have the game. I think it's on, what, number two? We have 
battle what's it battleground i just know it as the star wars theme so battlefront battlefront which is funny because i also did not remember the name when we and i think our first episode throwback it's definitely these moments where i'm sure some hardcore gamer is listening to this and like throwing them unsubscribed they're just like (laughs) i can't this is this is the last straw well, Sarah, with the star, we really appreciate you. Any shout outs you want to make? Where can people find you on the internet? Should you want to be found? I am found at, I guess I'm found at Sarah with a star. Although honestly, I'm not hundred percent sure I knew that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Love you. Love Is that you weird too. to say on a podcast? No, we're all about <laughs> love and community. Like it's all good. It's all whatever. You're breaking we- down all the stereotypes about gamers, honestly. Go. Absolutely. Okay. It's been a show. Okay, love you. Bye. Bye. Well, we did it. Another show. Another show. Um Thanks for listening. As always, y'all are amazing. You are amazing for listening. We really appreciate it. We really do. We do have an ask. We do. Again. Again. It is the same ask as the past two asks. Okay. So at least we're consistent. We're still working on it, though. We need some reviews. If you, you need are some reviews. a loyal we listener, we would love if you could rate us five stars on iTunes so that we can get spotlighted. That would be dope. That would be dope. Yeah. We'll catch y'all in a week because we have a bonus episode coming out. Woo! Who's gonna die? A lot of people oh, are gonna fucking die. Order my matches tonight. <sighs> okay. Peace. Peace. Wait, I say deuces. Peace. Deuces. And I don't understand, honestly, my name, if I have any name, if there's House Trotter, like, I should be Housewife. Like, that'd be really funny, (laughs) but whatever. I bet Housewife is probably taken. Yeah. It probably is. I would pay for it, though. House Trotter wife. I hope it's not, I hope it's not Chrissy Teigen's gamer tag. (laughs) We should get Chrissy Teigen on the show. Maybe one day. She would do it. She would do it. (laughs) Chrissy, would you do this podcast that gets maybe 15 downloads? (laughs) That's not true at all. Yeah, we get more than that. We get more than that. Yeah, it's like 20. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Sarah. All right, well, before this gets any shadier. (laughs) Thank you very much. We really appreciate you coming through.